I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Last week, we published a story on Biz about how the 60-plus small businesses on Oak Street have fared during the pandemic. We learned that several, primarily restaurants, have closed and others are hanging by a thread. But there are encouraging signs of life among some restaurateurs and many retailers in particular. And new ventures are opening in spaces recently vacated. Today, we're talking about how COVID-19 affected the future of Oak Street and New Orleans small businesses in general. Our guest is architect and Tulane grad Min Yang, who is the president of Oak Street Merchants, Residents, and Property Owners, Inc., a nonprofit that promotes Oak and produces Po' Boy Fest. Min, welcome to the podcast. Nice to be here. So what has been the story of Oak Street since March? Well, uh, you know, geographically, Oak Street is somewhat isolated. Uh, we're as far away uh, as you can get uh, from downtown. Uh, and still be in Orleans Parish, and then we're tight against the river. So uh, we don't naturally get a lot of uh, tourists in the neighborhood. And so our businesses are not dependent so much on the tourist economy. And uh, we haven't been as badly affected as some of the uh, more tourist-dependent parts of town. And uh, my impression is that uh, the street will bounce back uh, sooner and uh, and and stronger uh, than many other parts of the city. How has everybody fared, the different categories of people over the last, you know, six months? Uh, As with almost every other part of uh, the city, if not the country, uh, personal services businesses like um, salons and barbershops, they haven't fared well. Um, And bars, certainly, uh, that don't serve food are shut down, and uh, some of the restaurants uh, have also been adversely affected. Uh, Now, interestingly, some of the retailers are are doing uh, as well or better uh, because of the pandemic. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I started that story, I started to write that story 10 days ago after Uh, being in Blue Cypress Books and hearing from Elizabeth that through a lot of her uh, efforts to just reach out to people while while they were home, she was, she was doing pretty well. And, and it led me just to start talking to different people on the street, including you. And that's what I was really surprised to find out. It's funny though, in our, in, in the story that was published a couple of days ago, I I didn't include the detail about Oak Street being less tourist dependent. Uh, I wish I, (laughs) I wish I had included that detail. Um, cause that's important too, because that might be a way it's distinguished from obviously some, somebody down in the French quarter. But, um, so we've lost some people. Uh, can we talk about some of the, some of the businesses that are, that are permanently gone from the street? Well, most notably, uh, DTB, which was a really exciting, uh, modern Cajun, uh, restaurant. Uh, very, very sad to see it leave. Uh, I think it was, uh, due to the, uh, uh, shutdown orders, uh, but uh, the founding uh, chef uh, and co-owner, uh, Carl Schabert, had also uh, untimely passed away of, of an illness about a year ago. And uh, I think the business kind of lost its heart, uh, even though it was still uh, terrific. 
so uh, we're we're very very sad to see uh, DTB gone. But uh, a new business is going to uh, rise from uh, uh, the the infrastructure of DTB. Uh, so we're excited about that. Uh, and uh, La Casita, uh, the cute Mexican restaurant on Oak Street, also closed during uh, the pandemic. Um, and uh, a new uh, restaurant is uh, going to be taking over that space as well. I heard that there's uh, whoever's going in there is going to be something exciting that people are going to be excited about, but I don't know what it is yet. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let uh, the restaurateur or the owner of the building speak to that, but I can tell you that the food is terrific. I've eaten at that restaurant several times, and uh, for them to choose Oak Street for an expansion or um, a relocation is uh, extremely exciting. Uh, a tremendous uh, vote of confidence on the future of Oak Street. So I should, I should ask you, in your role, explain to me what your role is and how long you've been serving as president of the, uh, of the Merchants Association or the Merchants. Well, uh, the, uh, the OSMRPO, uh, it stands for the Oak Street Merchants, Residents and Property Owners, is uh, the 501c3 nonprofit uh, organization that represents all the stakeholders of Oak Street. And as, as the name implies, uh, there are three separate uh, discrete uh, groups and sometimes we uh, conflict. Uh, sometimes uh, we uh, see eye to eye, but most of the time we just kind of coexist on this uh, small uh, corner of New Orleans. And uh, that that uh, it, it includes residents, uh, businesses, and uh, owners of property uh, is pretty significant. I'm not sure if there are other neighborhood organizations that are as inclusive, uh, and uh, everybody. Uh, has uh, the same voice. Uh, all meetings are open to all members. Uh, by uh, virtue of being on the street, uh, you qualify to be a member. Uh, the organization also is the owner and the organizer of the Po'boy Fest. Uh, the Po'boy Fest started on Oak Street and has been on Oak Street for the last uh, 14 years. And it's become uh, one of the uh, most popular festivals in New Orleans. I voted the number one food festival for nine years straight by uh, Best of New Orleans Gambit's Best of New Orleans survey. And uh, uh, it's uh, perhaps the only festival that's truly woven into the fabric of the neighborhood. And everybody can come. The admission is free. Uh, there's a, a small charge to uh, buy Po' Boys, but it uh, doesn't matter whether you buy one or 100. Uh, same, same price, same low price. Uh, but we just want to make it inclusive and a, a true neighborhood event. But, that can only happen in New Orleans. Right. Now, po Po'boy Fest uh, <clears throat> became a huge success. Obviously, it's scheduled to be hap would normally be happening in November. Is this year you're just take taking a year off and then figuring uh, out? Well, you know, the Po'boy Fest is, is in November, and we're one of the last, if not the last, major uh, festivals in New Orleans. And, uh, uh, in the calendar year, you mean? Or? In the calendar yeah. year, right. So we're, uh, we're still keeping our fingers crossed that we can have uh, an event of some kind. Uh, obviously, obviously, it won't be the the tens of thousands of people uh, we usually get, uh, but just have an event to commemorate what the city's gone through and uh, how we see the future of Oak Street, and uh, just let some of our businesses uh, and some of our terrific vendors from outside of the neighborhood uh, have an opportunity to at least uh, uh, promote what they're doing, if if not. Uh, uh, engage in uh, commerce that day. 
Well, this is an exciting uh, bit of news. I may have buried the headline there. I, I, I just assumed that Po'boy Fest was going to have to be a wash. So uh, what's happening? Are you guys having meetings to, to talk about it over the next few weeks? I mean, obviously, it's getting close. Yeah, the OSMRPO uh, has a board. Uh, it uh, meets uh, uh, irregularly uh, on an as-need basis. Uh, but typically, as we close in on Po'boy Fest Day, which is always in November, uh, we meet more often. Uh, this year, you know, uh, things have been uh, uh, changed a lot, and uh, we're thinking of creative ways to mark uh, the Po'boy Fest without having a Po'boy Fest. Uh, we'll be making an announcement in the very near future. Yeah. All right. Well, that's exciting. I'm, uh, hopefully you'll tell us and we'll tell the world. Um, so you mentioned uh, we were talking about new ventures coming into Oak. Um, uh, there's this mystery restaurant that's going to take over the spot of La Casita. Uh, there's somebody, that, uh, I don't think it's yet named, that's taking over and renovating what was DTB. Now, next door to DTB, in the former grocery, that's that's an open business. It's the Oak Street Brewery. Um, uh, I, that seems like a very positive sign, you know, because uh, after the story was published on Thursday, I, um, and, and uh, you know, the headline was a pretty positive headline, we did get some comments from people saying, you know, are you sure about that? You know, and, hey, it looks pretty, looks pretty quiet on the street, but... Um, to me, the the success of retailers from everybody from down, you know, at the, on the, you know, the Leak Avenue side of things, the, the the Aquamarine, you know, the boat store where he's sold out of all of his stock, uh, all the way up to you know Haza's shoe stores, which is you know doing as good as it did last year. Uh, that combined with all these restaurants taking over the recently vacated spaces seems like uh, you know a really positive sign. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're really excited for Oak Street Brewery to open, and owner Kevin Grenet is a terrific guy. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of times businesses boil down to uh, the personality and drive of the owners, and it reflects in everything from the appearance of the business to how you feel, the energy you feel when you uh, walk through its doors, and then how you're treated by the employees. Uh, Kevin's terrific. Uh, he's he's you can't call him a professional businessman. I think you're gonna feel, you're gonna feel that kind of homespun authenticity <laughs> in his business. Uh, he's he's fully vested in the street. Has gotten to know a ton of people. Uh, the business is highly complimentary for the restaurants on the street. Uh, it's family friendly. It's pet friendly. Uh, it's gonna be a, a true neighborhood asset. My only complaint is he's got the hardest to spell last name in the city. <laughs> yeah. uh, I asked him about it one time, and uh, I think it's uh, uh, a Scandinavian name that's extremely rare, uh, even in Scandinavia. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun name to say, Grenet. I, I think it's... Uh, yeah, just for your listening at French. home. Yeah, it, I, I told him it sounds like he's from down the bayou, but it's Grenet, G-R-E-N-A-A-E-E. That's how you spell his name. And I learned that the hard way because I did it wrong. But... Um, so in doing this story last week, I was learning a few things about, about just some of the, the nuances of Oak Street. And one is that I think it was you that mentioned that um, the, the residents in this neighborhood, they, they have a vision of Oak Street being like the cobbler and the, and the tailor and all of those kind of cute Mayberry uh, businesses. And that, that, but then the market is kind of pushing it more toward uh, bars and restaurants. Uh, how, do you, how does that tension reveal itself and how, do you, how, do you, how well, does that dealt with? Uh, this isn't unique to Oak Street, uh, but um, uh, the landscape for businesses has inexorably uh, evolved. Uh, it, uh, I don't think there is 
the opportunity to return to uh, that small town Mayberry um, uh, mom and pop uh, enterprise one after the other uh, anymore, uh, at least not in the numbers we need to sustain a corridor. Uh, a lot of people forget that it wasn't that long ago uh, that many of the businesses, uh, actually that many of the properties on Oak Street were vacant or blighted and uh, crime was pretty bad. Um, and uh, when, when was the uh, low point? I would say in the, in the, uh, the early 90s. Okay. Yeah, but uh, Oak Street had been sleepy from uh, maybe the mid-70s to uh, just, a, just, just maybe 10 years ago. Uh, that corresponded to, with people going out to the suburbs, Lakeside Mall, and all that kind of stuff. I think, I think that was one of the catalysts in the, in the uh, 60s and uh, 70s. But uh, a lot of things have changed. Uh, you know, even if Oak Street had remained uh, uh, fully occupied uh, with businesses, many of those businesses uh, would not have survived to this day. Uh, you mentioned a cobbler and a tailor. Uh, we recently lost our shoe repair place, and we lost our... Uh, Taylor and we lost our hardware store. Uh, when you say you lost them, is it it's because the the, the owner retired or right? Uh, it, it it wasn't because uh, the rents were too high or uh, there wasn't uh, support from uh, the neighbors. It's just that uh, you can't compete uh, with online uh, merchants and you can't compete with the Lowe's, which is you know about a mile away from Oak Street. Uh, but also, you have to think about the personal reasons. Businesses are run by people. And if uh, the owner of the business is just tired of working every day or his kids have moved on to different careers in life, uh, we can't force them to keep a business alive uh, just because it fits our uh, sentimental ideations of what uh, a commercial corridor should be. So um, what's the path forward for, for the merchants on Oak uh, and, and then by extension, the small business owners all over the city? Uh, uh, you know, Judy Kaliva at Haas said something, and I, I used it a lot last week. Um, she said, New Orleans runs on independent businesses, family businesses. We shop like Europeans. We walk to the grocery every day. And so it's, it's kind of a part of the city's identity that we eschew the chains and, and, and rather go to a local restaurant. So... What lessons have we learned from the, this, this lap, the six months, this trial that we've all been going through? And then what's the path forward for Oak to be the healthiest it can be? And then, you know, all the other small businesses. Well, well Judy's absolutely right. Uh, it is an extremely European way of uh, conducting commerce. And that's evidenced by uh, what I like to call uh, uh, archaeotecture, which is okay. uh, surviving uh, structures from the past that tell you how people lived uh, in that epoch. And uh, in New Orleans, we have corner stores everywhere, uh, but they've all been converted to homes. Uh And uh, modern zoning now makes it virtually impossible to create walkable neighborhoods, uh, the the kind that uh, most of the historic parts of New Orleans were built on uh, uh, before the advent of uh, personal modes of transportation, like uh, uh, chiefly the automobile. Uh, but uh, uh, for old commercial corridors to survive, and even new ones, uh, I think uh, businesses have to think that when shoppers come in, it needs to be experiential. Uh, you can buy almost anything online these days. 
But if you don't sell good customer service and uh, an inviting atmosphere and uh, you know terrific merchandising, uh, all of these factors uh, lead people to want to spend their time and money uh, in a business. Uh, so those things you can't replicate online. You can't import that from a foreign country. Uh, these kinds of experiences, and that's also why I'm very, very, very bullish on uh, New Orleans itself. Even though we're going to have a tough recovery. Uh, I think uh, people want experiences like coming to a unique city like New Orleans, uh, someplace that uh, you don't have to have a passport or change currency to visit. Right. Uh, and you could even drive to, uh, but so different from the rest of the country. Uh, we've got something unique here. Uh, we've already uh, uh, really uh, developed it. Uh, I think it should continue. A lot of people poo-poo the tourism sector, but I think it's an important, if not invaluable part of uh, the economy of the city. Uh, and. You know, uh, Oak Street doesn't benefit as much because of our uh, uh, geographic uh, remoteness from uh, the centers uh, like the French Quarter. Uh, but uh, uh, still, uh, we have Tulane nearby. We have Ochsner nearby. Uh, we got a lot of people from from out of state visiting uh, uh, this 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 part of town, and they can take a an hour and twenty minute streetcar ride, a uh, very leisurely ride down St. Charles, and get here. Uh, but uh, our target is not the tourist, though. Uh, our target is to remain what we've always been, which is uh, uh, a commercial corridor that uh, serves chiefly uh, a, a very local clientele. Uh, but that means that we need to get support from the neighbors. And I know a lot of neighbors like to think that they patronize the businesses on Oak Street, but I'm here every day and uh, I talk to the business owners every day and many uh, of the neighbors do support uh, the businesses on Oak Street, but a lot of them, I think, uh, might be giving themselves a little bit too much credit. Uh, but it's very, very hard to run a business on just uh, the, 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 the couple of people who walk in every day. Uh, I think we need to, we, we do at some point need to expand our uh, uh, market base. And uh, those are the kind of things that uh, the association is going to try to develop over time, is, is to help promote Oak Street beyond uh, just the neighborhood. And uh, I just hope the neighbors understand uh, the, uh, the challenges of uh, being a small business owner uh, when um, many of the forces that be uh, are insurmountable and becoming ever more so, uh, even for property owners. For example, a lot of people don't know that uh, most of the properties on Oak Street, uh, which are zoned commercial, uh, pay a 50% higher millage rate than comparably assessed uh, residential properties. So right off the bat, you're paying 50% more of property tax. Insurance mm. rates are higher. The utility mm. rates are higher. Everything is higher uh, for, uh, uh, for uh, commercial uh, properties and businesses. Another, um, well, you were saying that people need to put their money where their mouth is, basically. And if you live in New Orleans and you say you love Oak Street, you need to get out there and shop on Oak Street. Um, do you think that there should be Anything from neighborhood initiatives all the way up to, you know, like uh, citywide initiatives to try and encourage that kind of stuff? Is there policy that could help? Well, uh, in, in the end, it boils down to individual effort. Uh, if it's easier for you to drive to uh, Costco, say, uh, to stock up on essentials like uh, bathroom tissue uh, and the like, um, you know, that's really your choice. Uh, is the $10 you're saving over the course of the three months that you're going to be right. using that product uh, 
worth uh, not having patronized a neighborhood store. I remember when the hardware store closed, and that was a tremendous blow to Oak Street. And the owners who were on the street for uh, 75, 80 years, uh, it, it was a, a loss for them, a loss for us. Uh, the owner mentioned to me that a lot of people were coming out. There was just an outpouring of support for, uh, for uh, or not support, maybe more like uh, sympathy right. uh, that he was leaving. Uh, but he mentioned to me, you know, where were all these people when they needed to buy a light bulb? <laughs> so they were shopping on Amazon or going to Lowe's, you know. Uh, and, and so let, let's not be sentimental. Let's take action in the present uh, in preparation for the future and not keep reminiscing uh, about some romantic past that uh, may have been, but is gone. And uh, let's uh, think about how our actions add up to uh, progress uh, in the benefit of the entire neighborhood, not just Oak Street, uh, today. Another issue that had popped up when I was chatting with people last week was that um, there's a sentiment I heard expressed at least twice that there's some property owners on Oak who aren't doing anything with their properties so it's they're sitting but they won't they won't sell them either uh thoughts uh well you know uh, i i i'm the head of an organization that uh includes both <laughs> sides so it's a little uh bit of a delicate topic for me to expand much on but uh what i can say is uh that uh the inevitable uh, outcome is that these properties must change hands, must be developed. Otherwise, they will fall into disrepair. They're, they're already somewhat in disuse. Uh, when an owner is sitting on property and not taking care of it, uh, the inevitable result is that the building deteriorates. Uh, now, an, uh, buildings live a lot longer than people do, <laughs> so it's it's also inevitable that uh, those buildings will change hands. Uh, if there's a really you know uh, uh, important personal reason for holding on to property, uh, that's that's really understandable. But uh, the only way to have other people appreciate that is to communicate, and uh, I think that's one thing that. Uh, many people who have long held property on Oak Street uh, should do more of is uh, try to participate in uh, the organization and uh, just generally what's going on uh, on the street. Careful response. Um, what lessons from Oak can be applied to, you know, Magazine or Ferret or Maple or French Quarter or Bywater right now as the city is sort of looking ahead? Is there just overall thoughts for the best, best practices uh, as we're trying to get out of this situation? Well, there are a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, if, if you want to maintain your street, your commercial corridor uh, as, uh, as uh, being distinct, you need to have distinct businesses. And that means no big boxes and chains and, uh, you know, everybody in New Orleans kind of, kind of knows that. All right. So uh, that also means that uh, your rents have to be reasonable. Uh, if only... Starbucks or Walgreens can afford the rents that you're asking, then that's what you will end up with. Uh, Oak Street has always maintained a pretty reasonable rent rate, even for fully fitted out, newly renovated uh, spaces. They're, I would say, uh, cheaper than for rent or magazine or uh, almost any of the historic uh, commercial corridors uh, uptown. 
Uh, but uh, uh, can you tell what is the average like price per square foot to lease space on it? Office spaces are uh, about ten dollars a foot or less, uh, and uh, fully fitted out restaurants. Uh, you could just you know mop the floors and put up put up a new sign to be open tonight. <laughs> uh, are going for going in the low twenties, and uh, those of you who aren't aware of uh, how commercial real estate works, uh, the, uh, oftentimes uh, what, you, what you see listed is uh, actually uh, a base rent and there are other things added in uh, that you just need to talk about and negotiate with the building owner. But everything is negotiable. Just because you see something listed at a price doesn't mean that the owner won't uh, consider something uh, less than that. If you're a very high quality tenant and you bring something that's really exciting uh, to his building and to uh, his street, to the community. Uh, so uh, again, uh, communication is key. Uh, don't make uh, assumptions for the worst and uh, 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 be open about uh, what you're uh, trying to accomplish as well. And I, I think everybody will end up okay. Uh, the, 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 the parts of uh, the city that uh, I think uh, may uh, not do as well is if there's a uh, more of a, a monoculture um, if uh, if there isn't some diversity on the street and the in the kinds of uh, buildings the, the kinds of spaces the kinds of businesses uh, the kinds of uses uh, I, I think I think they might end up uh, either doing very well or doing very poorly uh, after this uh, shutdown uh, this pandemic uh, uh, wanes so my last question for you is what, what's your, and maybe you just said it, but what's your biggest concern and your biggest cause for hope as you're looking ahead as New Orleans and the small business community here on Oak and elsewhere rebuilds? Uh, well, New Orleans is a great place to live, first of all. Uh, I'm glad I grew up here. Uh, I'm proud of being a New Orleanian wherever I go. Uh, so, you know, that strong sense of identity uh, is, is something that, uh, uh, you know, keeps us going even through hard times like uh, the present. Uh, I think uh, st streets uh, and, and, you know, at a more granular level, businesses have to really forge uh, unique identities. And it's not just show. It's not just a web page or uh, social media. You, you have to deliver when people walk through your door. Uh, so uh, forging a, a, a distinct identity, and I know it's a lot harder than it sounds, uh, but nobody else is going to be able to tell you what your identity uh, naturally should be and what, what uh, you're going to be best at. Uh, so you know, it, this is kind of a soul-searching moment here uh, for uh, people in the city. What is it that we offer the world? What is it that we offer each other? And how do we turn that special quality about ourselves into uh, uh, something marketable, something that translates into being able to pay the bills and uh, save for the future and provide for our families. That's great. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Min Yang. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Rich.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.